Hello, listeners. I'll be your narrator for this evening. My name is Jack, and these are the stories I wrote. Train. Science fiction. Marty sits staring out of the train window, a brand new notebook and pen in her hand. The ocean that she's crossing is a rush of scintillating silver underneath the midday sun. Her hair is up in a bun, with loose pieces of hair falling out. She is smiling. Marty is on her way to visit her grandmother, June and having taken this trip every year for the past couple of years, it is safe to say that Marty is very comfortable. She is the only one in this train car as it passes through a tunnel. It is dark in the car, as it often is when you pass through a train tunnel, for a few moments. The train then emerges surrounded by a forest, but now there is someone else in Marty's train car. Marty doesn't notice the new someone until they sit down next to her causing her to jump in her seat. Next to Marty sits a woman in a deep purple blazer. Um, hello? Marty asks. Well, this is new. I've never been on a train before, the woman says. I'm sorry. I didn't see you in this car before. Did you just walk in? No, I just arrived. Marty shifts in her seat. Um, well, what's your name? Cordelia. And what's yours? Marty. Soon, the oddity of the situation begins to fade, being erased by the pleasure of the conversation. The two women talk about books and their shared love of artisanal teas and voice their opinions on the necessity of stamps. And as all good conversations do, There is an eventual lull in speech, as the two are contented in all that has been said thus far. So, are you ready to go? Cordelia asks. To where? My grandmother's? Marty replies. No, with me. I'm here to collect you. Marty, being an avid reader of fantasy, had read about situations such as this. Are... are you death? Am I going to die? Cordelia laughs. Oh, goodness, no, just... She smiles. Take my hand, and I'll show you. Cordelia holds her hand out, and Marty eyes it warily. She thinks about the book she's read, and realizes that all great adventures start somewhere, and that her grandmother would understand. Marty takes Cordelia's hand. They are on a bench surrounded by strange trees and next to a path made of a glowing yellow. Colorful individuals, the likes that you or I have yet to see in this reality, walk with their families along this path, 
Some of them are jogging or riding strange mechanisms of travel. Is, is this a park? More like a communal area. Everyone here lives outside, so it's more just like a public outside. Huh. So, how does this work? How does what work? You. Um, how do you work? I'm a muse. I take people who need inspiration and give them the material that they need. Huh. And that involves taking them to, well, a myriad of different places. Some people just need to go to other places, try new things. And then some people need to go to new worlds or new universes or new realities. Inspiration can often be hard to find. And you know what they say about write what you know. So here us muses are, allowing you all to write what you know. And this other, other world or universe or reality world. It's called Mycar, and they're Mycarians. Cordelia stands up from the bench and turns to face Marty. You'll be able to understand what they're saying, and they will in turn understand you, so... Good luck, and I'll see you later. In a blink, Cordelia's gone, with nothing indicating that she had ever been there. Marty looks confused and frightened, as one who is suddenly left alone in a place very unlike the places they know should be. She looks around wildly, her lips just seconds away from shouting Cordelia's name, when a thought flashes across her face. Cordelia said that she would be back. Emboldened with the confidence that eventually she'd be plucked from this world by the muse, Marty stands and begins to explore. As she walks down the pulsating path, Marty weaves her way through fungus-like trees. No leaves, but various clusters of multicolored, spongy material in a multitude of intricate shapes. The wildlife skitters through these, chattering to each other in a new combination of squeaks, growls, and whistles playing in harmony with the Mycarian children who approach them. The path carries Marty to the surrounding town where the private residences were defined by the trees. Families are having dinner, tucking their kids in for bedtime, cuddling with their partners, and eventually she comes to a cafe of sorts. Individuals are sitting on the ground or standing next to a service counter, chatting away with food and drink. Marty makes her way to the counter and she feels their eyes on her. More so than before. Hi, um, I'm from out of town, and yeah, I can tell. The server's face is cloaked in a quizzical surprise. Yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? Um, but I'd like to try whatever is best here, food and drink-wise. Your choice. The server remains delightfully confused and smiles, setting to create whatever concoction they deemed the best. She sits on the ground, close enough to hear the conversations, but far enough not to be intruding. The Mycarians are talking about their days, about the new music they have heard, the new plays that they have seen. The server brings Marty her meal. It is a collection of things that look like blue chicken on a green bun with red-colored veggies and a drink that looks as though it was made out of a rainbow. And as she takes her bites, she is met with an unexpectedly sweet taste like strawberries. And the drink is savory like liquid bacon. Then a mixture of blueberries and burgers, raspberries and smoked peanuts. 
She is on an epic journey of the palate, experiencing new combinations of savory and sweet when someone sits next to her. They have the skin of a glistening opal and a bright, warming smile. Hi, they say. Hi, Marty swallows. So, I'm sorry to interrupt your meal, but I study other planetary species and I've never seen someone like you. I hate to be so forward, but... What are you? Oh, um, I'm a human. Marty's face is filled with a blush as the opal my carrying gushes over her. A human? I've never heard of one before. What do you eat? What's your daily function to your environment? What's your planet's atmosphere? Their eyes are filled with wonder that finally focus on her face. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm excited. Marty giggles and they smile. They talk for hours. Marty learns their name is Valari. That they teach the local students about other cultures. That they know the best place for dessert. Then they talk for days. Valari shows Marty around the place they've called home. Sharing in the beauty that they have been privy to for years and having their eyes open to the beauties that they've grown too accustomed to notice anymore. Then they walk for weeks. Marty and Valari share breakfast and talk about the local events. She sits in on their lectures. At night, they go for a walk after dinner. They sleep in each other's arms. Valari's breath is a warm tickle on the back of Marty's neck. She has a hard time sleeping without them. Then they talk for months, Marty meets their parents, winning them over with smiles and laughter. They're planning a trip to the Sea of Pirio in a few weeks. Marty talks about the beaches on Earth. Valari is dumbfounded by the concept of sand. Valari holds Marty when she cries. They talk for a year. The ceremony begins at sunset. Marty spends a day having her favorite meal and sitting on her favorite tree bow. She gets her hair braided ornately and wears a pendant of dark opal tied with leather string around her neck. She walks down a path made of pansies deep into a forest. Through the thick of trees comes a clearing shadowed by a giant willow tree. Beneath the willow stands Valari. They meet under the tree. They take off their necklaces and use them to bind each other's hands. They kneel in front of the tree and whisper words to it and each other, with smiles on their faces. The tree glows orange and they kiss. And now, for some inspiration. We're sorry.
number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Disconnected. 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 Now Marty has a new favorite food. Has a store that she visits every week for groceries. She knows the quickest path to get home, where the best place to watch the sunset is. She knows how the seasons change. They talk for years. Ulvi was the first to come, adopted after their family was killed in the storm. Then Tulu, some years later, who had been left by the side of the orphanage. They are growing fast and love to play with each other. Marty and Valari raise them as a team. Uliai loves to swim, and Tulu loves the color green. At night, Marty tucks them in and reads them a bedtime story. Then Valari sings them a lullaby. They kiss each one on the forehead and say goodnight. They talk for a decade. Uliai and Tulu are excelling at school. Valari has just gotten a long-awaited promotion. And Marty reads to the neighborhood children after school. Marty sits at dinner under the stars and thinks upon her beautiful family, her wonderful life, her happiness, and hears whispers in the back of her head. But what if she comes back? Marty hugs her children tighter at bedtime. They talk for 50 years. Valaria and Marty are celebrating their 50th anniversary. Uliai and Tulu have children of their own now and chase them around the park space. It's the park where she first arrived so many years ago. The trees have grown taller, fuller foliage. The fifth-generation families of those chittering animals play with their young. She and Valaria are holding hands. Her hand is wrinkled over time. Her face a maze made by the years. She looks at them and studies them. Her eyes trace every fine line that has occurred over the years, memorizes all the colors that glitter in their opal skin. They turn and look at her quizzically. She smiles and kisses them. This has been a good life. It is late at night. Marty lies in bed, nestled in Valari's arms. Her breathing slows to match with hers. She feels the warmth of their skins and smiles. This has been a good life. Next stop, Croydon. Marty's face peels off the window's glass. She looks at her hands. They are young. She looks around the car, bewildered. The trees are thick with green leaves. The passing houses have walls. There is no one in the car with her. Not even Cordelia. 
She notices her notebook on the floor and picks it up. She opens the pages, and tears run down her face. Her heart hurts. Her body aches. Her mind reels. The pages are full, and Marty is alone. Author's Note Stories I Wrote is an audio archive of the written works of Jack. Jack has been writing all of her life and wanted to give those stories a chance to live. Like our Facebook page, Stories I Wrote, and follow us on Twitter at capital S-I-W-Cast. As always, trigger warnings and interlude titles are listed in the description. And remember, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. So share your stories, share these stories, and as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>